All right, turn your Bibles to Numbers. Numbers chapter 21. And we're going to read verses 4 to 5. Now, you know, I, um, I was thinking about this today. You know, I was going to preach another message. And then, um, in fact, I was going to preach another message. And then I just said, you know what? You know, that's a good message. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, who cares about a good message? You know, you need, you need to hear what thus saith the Lord. You know, what God is saying right now. You know, I could preach a good message, but at the end of the day, you know, I want to, I'd rather preach what God is saying right now. And so as I was really, um, you know, just kind of mulling that over and, and praying, you know, um, this really came back up into my spirit. And it was really just to talk about, you know, how to, you know, overcome discouragement. And, you know, I had, I, I spoke about this before and, um, you know, God really put on my heart to talk about it again because I, I sense that many people, you know, feel discouraged in life, you know, disappointed about things that happened, you know, discouraged by situations that went down. And you need to learn when, when you're attacked with that because that's a real, it's a real attack of the devil, you know. Dis discouragement is a real onslaught of the enemy. And see, that's why I put there Satan's special tool against the believer. He will try to discourage you because if he can discourage you, he can put you in neutral. And you won't move forward with life. You'll be stuck in a place. And God really just, I mean, he put that on my heart and said, you know, you need to teach them how to overcome discouragement. Because, you know, I get discouraged sometimes. The devil attacks me with discouragement. And you can either lay there or you can do something about it because we all get attacked with it, you know. You know, well, you're the pastor. You get attacked with discouragement, of course. <laughs> of course I do. Of course the devil tries to discourage me. You know, I, I go through disappointments in, uh, in life as well. But it's all about, you know, what, what do you do with it once it comes on you? You know, how do you get it off of you? And really, that's what I want to talk about today. How do you get, how do you get that discouraging feeling off of you? How do you, how do you fight back after you've been disappointed by life, you know. So let's just get into the word of God. Numbers chapter 21, verses 4 through 5. And this is talking about Israel as they're, they're traveling through the wilderness. And it says, and they journeyed from Mount Or, by the way of the Red Sea, to go around the land of Edom. And the Bible says, and the people became impatient. And in the Amplified, it says, depressed and much discouraged. Why? Because of the trials of the way. And the Bible says, and the people spoke against God and against Moses. And he said, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water. And we loathe this light, contemptible, unsubstantial manna. So the Bible says that they became discouraged and depressed because of the trials of the way. You know, in other words, what they had to go through as they were going to the promised land. They became discouraged by it, you know. It wasn't a pleasant, it wasn't a pleasant journey to the promised land. And it never is, you know. Um, 
It's always out of Egypt through the wilderness and into the promised land. That is the process of, of this walk with God. But this, this walk through the wilderness is not always a pleasant one. You know, there's a lot of obstacles that we have to get over and get through. There's a lot of trials. There's a lot of things that go down. And I put here, you know, as the Israelites were traveling from Egypt, the land of bondage to the promised land, they had to go through a difficult and trying wilderness to get there. And as they were traveling through the wilderness, the scriptures say that they became impatient. They became depressed and much discouraged because of the trials of the way. And I put here, one of the greatest spirits that you'll have to fight off as a man or woman of God is the spirit of discouragement. And as we walk this walk, there are going to be many challenges, obstacles, trials, tribulations that you'll have to experience in life. There are also going to be some setbacks and some disappointments. With that, there are going to be many opportunities for you to find yourself discouraged because of them. The way is not always easy. And I put here, it's, it's a fight to the finish. And you cannot let the spirit of discouragement knock you out. You must fight if you're going to ever make it into your promised land. You, you got you to fight through it and you got to overcome it. And it's difficult, but you got to learn how to get it off of you. Because, I mean, that thing will just, it'll just wrap you up and lock you up. It's like chains that begin to bind you. And you can just sit there and just live in it. You know, just live in a state of discouragement. And eventually, it'll lead to depression. And you'll park yourself in neutral. And you'll stay in a place longer than you should. See, that's what happened with Israel. The Bible says that a 13 days journey took them 40 years. They parked themselves in neutral for 40 years because they could not get over what they had to go through. See, if you can get off of you what you have to go through and you can stay focused on what you're going to, then you'll make it a lot faster. But if you, just, if you just live there, you can just, you can make the wilderness your home. And you can just live there for a period of time. Some people never get out of there. A lot of them died there. They never made it into their promised land. And that can happen if you allow, if you, if you allow the trials of the way. If you allow discouragement to set in. And you allow depression, you'll lose hope. And hopeless people, they stop. They don't move forward in life. And oftentimes, they die there. Don't let that, don't let that be. And so let's just kind of get into this real quick. So what, what is discouragement? Now, really what discouragement is, it's, it's an assault on your mind. It's an assault on your mind. You know, the devil just attacks you. Something goes down and he just onslaughts you. He just attacks your mind with everything that's happening. And it's like a, 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 just a battle and a fight in your mind. And it just overwhelms you with what you're going through. Now, in Hebrews 12, 1 through 3, it says... Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness, 
It says, stripping off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so easily and cleverly entangles us. So there's two things here that can entangle you. If you're living in sin, it can wrap you up. It can entangle you. It can lock you up. But there's also weights, and the weights are not sin. The sin is not the weight, and the weight is not the sin, but they both can entangle you. They both can tie you up. Those weights, a lot of that could be discouragement. It could be your past. It could be failures. Unfulfilled things. These things can begin to weigh you down. See, again, the devil is trying to assault your mind. And through discouragement, he begins to weigh it down. And it becomes one of those weights in your life that hinders you from making forward progress. It said, so, so the Bible says that you got to strip off every unnecessary weight and the sin which so cleverly and easily entangles you. And it says, let us run with endurance and active patience the race that is set before us. How are you going to run your race if you're weighed down by life? How are you going to run this race that's set before you? God has a course that's set before you, a race. And we're in it to win it. Or it should be. I'm trying to win my race. But you can't if you're being weighed down by sin and weights. Those things will hinder you. If you've ever worked out and you had to put weights on. I used to have a weight jacket when I was, uh, when I was young, you know. I was going to say, but now I'm old. Now I'm <laughs> <laughs> I'm still a young man. <laughs> but I had a weight jacket, you know. I was like, um, you know, 16, 17. I used to get up early in the morning, man. I used to get up early in the morning and play basketball every day, working on my game. And then I used to run with this weight jacket on. That thing was heavy, man. And all of these, like, pouches that have, like, five-pound weights. And it was, like, 50 pounds altogether, I think, something like that. And you put these sandbags in the thing, you know. And then I run with it, and that was to make me faster, you know, and then help me jump higher, you know, that was, you know. So when I took that thing off, man, I felt like I was so light, man. I could just, and then I was, I felt really fast. I felt like I could jump really high, because now that weight was off of me. And see, if you can ever remove the weights, if you can ever get rid of the discouragement, the failures of your past. Some people can't, I mean, just so weighed down by the past. It's just, just holding them back. Well, maybe I should, maybe you should try this. I, I can't because when I tried it before, see, it's a weight. It didn't work. It's a weight that's holding you down, holding you back. If you could ever get that thing off of you, man, you would be so free and you be so light you feel like you could fly but you got to strip it off it says strip off every unnecessary and let us run with endurance and active persistence the race that is set before us looking away from all that will distract to Jesus 
who's the author and finisher of our faith. Look at, take the weight off and stop paying attention to everything that's going on around you. Stop, stop, stop focusing on that stuff. Focus on Jesus. See, he's at the finish line. And he's rooting. And he's telling you, come on. Come on, you know, come on. He's cheering you on. And not only that, but the Bible says there's a great cloud of witnesses there's all, that have been through it already. It says, who by faith have testified to the truth of God's absolute faithfulness. See, they can testify that God is faithful. And see, that's why they can cheer you on, because they can say, God, he's going to get you through it. He's faithful. Come on, keep running. Stop being distracted and stay focused. Take that stuff off of you. Just get, just, just take it. Just, I want you to just right now, just, just like take it off of you. Just like, just do like that. Just like take, take that weight off of you. Strip it off and lay it aside. And goes on to say, who for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and is now set down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that. See, for the joy that was set before him, because he was focused on not what he was going through, what he was going to. He wasn't focused on the distractions of life. You know, he looked past people spitting at him. He looked past, you know, people pulling his beard out. You know why? Because he was, he, was he looked past Judas. You know how many people stop life because of Judas? How many people give up on their life because, well, they betrayed me. He got the, the betrayer sitting at the table, gives him something to eat. And when he finishes, he says, whatever you're going to do, go do it quickly. Because he realized that Judas, even Judas, was a part of the destiny. <laughs> even those Judases are a part of the destiny. Laying aside every weight. I'm not going to carry Judas. Whatever you're going to do, go ahead and do it. You're going to do it quickly. Don't, be, don't mess around with it. You're going to do it, do it fast. Let's get this thing over with because I'm focused. I got a joy that's set before me. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, disregarding the shame, and is sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. I love that. And it says, just consider and meditate on him, Jesus, who endured from sinners such bitter hostility against himself. Why? So that you will not grow weary and faint in your mind. If you focus on him and what he did and what he had to go through, you won't give up. You won't grow weary and faint in your mind. Because again, that's where the fight is. The battleground is the mind. And that's why the devil has loosed an onslaught against it. If he can take you out in your mind, he got you. And I put here, one of the ways that Satan try, will try to stop the believer is by overwhelming them with life. 
He wants your mind to be consumed with every problem and situation that's going on. He also wants you to think about your past failures and disappointments in life. And if you're constantly thinking about your problems, you'll begin to be overwhelmed by them. And you know, the amazing thing is that, you know, if, if your mind can't hold, you know, once your mind is overwhelmed and overloaded, it begins to, it begins to cast those worries off into your body. That's why a lot of people break down physically. And people in the hospital now, they don't even know what's wrong with them. Nothing physically wrong with them. They're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed with life. And, and they're, they're overwhelmed. And being overwhelmed with life, if it can't, your mind can't control it, just cast it off on the rest of your body. And that's why the Bible says the spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity. So in other words, if you're strong in, in the spirit, it can carry a weak and even sick body. But the Bible says, a broke, but a broken spirit, who can bear? So your, your, your physical body, I don't care how strong you are. You could be a weightlifter. If your spirit is broken, you, can't, you, you ain't going to make it. Your, your physical body can't carry a broken spirit. But a strong spirit can carry a broken body. That's why, the, that's why the attack is so heavy against the mind. He wants to break you down. And I put here, if he can do that, see, he will, he will have you living in a state of discouragement and eventually depression. And these things are the weight or the weights that will hinder you from moving forward in life. That's why God wants you to strip them off and lay them aside. Strip it off. Get, get it off of you. You know, I always tell people, look, if you can handle something, if it's within your power to handle a situation, then deal with it because that's your responsibility. But if it's beyond your control and it's more than what you can handle, then God said, he don't want you carrying that. He said, cast that upon me. Cast your cares on me because I care for you. The reason why he wants you to give them to him because he knows you can't handle it by yourself. He knows that it'll break you down. So he said, Cast all, casting all your care upon him, because he cares for you. If you can't handle it, cast it on God. I'm not going to worry about this no more. It's all you now. This, this, your, this is your thing now. Now, again, if you can handle it, and it's, it's your responsibility to handle it, but it's, if it's beyond your control and above, beyond your reach, and more than what you can handle, you give it to God. So that's number one. Number two, you know, I was thinking about this today, but you know, discouragement occurs when your plans are delayed. I didn't say denied. I said delayed. Because delayed doesn't mean denial. But in Proverbs 13, 12, it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. But when the desire is fulfilled, it is a tree of life. So when, you're, when your hope gets put off, when it's deferred, when it takes longer than you expect it to take, you know, your heart can begin to get sick. And I put here, see, many people are sick on the inside because their expectations have been put off. 
Satan wants to rub in your face everything that you've hoped for that you haven't received yet. He'll try to make you believe that you're never going to receive what God has promised you. The longer you have to wait for it, the more discouraged can begin to set in. Discouragement. But I always have to say this, that delay doesn't mean denial. Just because something has been delayed, just because you didn't receive it when you thought you should have, doesn't mean that you've been denied it. God has a timing that we don't know of. And while you're waiting and going through the process, you got to learn to not allow yourself be overwhelmed with the fact that you haven't received it yet. You know, that's why it's so important to learn. See, most people wait to celebrate until, until they get it. But you got to learn how to enjoy the journey. You got to learn how to enjoy every step of the process and every step of the way. And know that all things work together for the good to them that love the Lord to the called according to his purpose. Everything that's going, he's, work, he's working it out. He's working it out. Just because you can't see what's happening doesn't mean that he ain't working it. Doesn't mean he's not doing it. He's working it. And so in the meantime, just kind of learn how to enjoy every day. Learn how to extract the most out of every day. Just enjoy the process. Don't wait to the end to celebrate. Celebrate along the way. There you go, mama. Shout now. <laughs> that's right. So that's number two. I got to get on with my message. But number three is this. Discouragement occurs when things don't go, your, don't go the way you planned them to go. And I, I put this here this morning. I said, you know, the issue with most of us is that we've already planned out how every little detail is going to go in our lives. <laughs> we plan, we got everything planned. How many of you are planners? You plan things. I plan things out. I do. I plan things out. And you know, you plan things to go a certain way. The issue with that is that things rarely go the way we planned them to go. <laughs> Especially when you're walking with God. <laughs> they rarely have ever go the way you, exactly the way you planned them. And I put, see, you can't put God in a box. You can never figure out how God is going to move or when he's going to move. And when your plans don't go the way you expect it, the door is open for disappointment, which then leads to discouragement. But you must realize that just because things didn't turn out the way you planned doesn't mean that it's not going to happen. God has a way of doing things in his time and in his way. And we have to learn to flow with him. We got to learn to flow with God. You know, that's why he's, you know, that's why, you know, we want to, we want to walk with God. Not before him. Not run ahead of God. Walk with God. Step by step. See, when you begin to make all these plans, you're really running ahead of God. Because you already got it all figured out. He's going to do this, then he's going to do this. He's going to give me favor with this person. Then I'm going to go over here and this is going to happen. And, you know, <laughs> he got it all planned out. But it rarely ever goes the way you plan. And then when they don't, then, of course, you get disappointed, you know. I can't believe that didn't happen. 
I can't believe you didn't turn this guy's heart for me. I can't believe that this opportunity didn't work out the way I thought it was. But we got to learn to walk with God. He not gonna, he's not going to get into your plan. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna lead you. Acknowledge the Lord in all your ways and he will direct your paths. He will, he will, he will give you, he will lead you, he will guide you, direct you. He's not going to get in line with what you plan. Because his, his ways are not our ways. His thoughts are not our thoughts. As high, check that out. As high as the heavens are lifted above the earth. As high as the, can you imagine that? As, forget it. Think about this, as high as the sky. But then go beyond that, the heavens. Are higher than the earth. So are his ways and his thoughts higher than ours. So we in our limited thinking, there's no way we can figure out what God's going to do and how he's going to do it. And the way God does it sometimes, it's just mind-blowing because you'd be like, I never thought he would do that. It'll be from people that you never thought would do, would do something for you. He'll bless you through individual. You'll be like, man, I never thought he was going to use that person. Like, wow. I mean, God has done some, I mean, some of the amazing things that God has done, man. I would have never figured that out. I would have never been able to plan that out. So don't try. <laughs> you know, try to figure God out. Just let him do his thing. Just direct me. You know, he gives you Steps. That's what he does. He never, he, re, he always usually, he shows you the beginning, he shows you the ending, and then you got to walk it by faith. Joseph saw his dream. Yeah, all my brothers are falling down before me. They're honoring me. Look at that. All of the stars and the, the moon, they're all bowing before me. <laughs> he, he didn't see that he was going to have to be thrown into a pit. Then he was going to have to be sold as a slave in Egypt. Then he was going to have to go to prison. You know, <laughs> God didn't show him all that. The beginning and the end. And then he had to, you got to walk it by faith. And there's going to be many twists and turns. But it's all, just like Joseph's life, it all led somewhere. Everything that he went through, he had to. He had to. There was no way that he was going to make it into to Egypt and be in charge of Egypt by sitting in his father's house as his father's favorite son. That would have been comfortable. It would have been nice. But there was no way he was going to get there by sitting in his father's house and being the tattletale of the house. He had to, he had to go into Egypt. He had, to, he had to be accused of rape, thrown in prison, so that he can meet the chief buck butler and the chief back baker. He'd have never met them in Potiphar's house. Every step of the way. Well, I know what's going to happen. God must going to, you know. I'm going to go to Egypt. I'm going to shake Pharaoh's hand. He's going to put me in charge. No. No. 
All right, let me keep moving, man. You guys seem like you're not really with this message, but I'm going to keep on moving. But you know, the next thing is this, number four, let me just move on. Now, disappointment, see, now, disappointment is the, the doorway to discouragement. And disappointment is an emotional response to a failed expectation. With that being said, failed expectation is the root for all disappointment, right? But unfortunately, since we attach expectation to almost everything in life, we constantly open up ourselves frequently to the possibility of being disappointed. Failed relationship can make you disappointed. A failed business opportunity can make you disappointed. Anything that doesn't work out the way you expected it to can be a source of disappointment in life for you. These disappointments are the doorways and the gateways to discouragement. See, again, you're always going to open up your, as long as you're expecting better, you're going you're gonna to open up the door for disappointment. There's going to be opportunities for it. But if you don't deal with disappointment well, then discouragement will begin to set in. And I put it here, so, so if that's the case, should we then just go through life with no expectations so we can avoid disappointments? You know, if we didn't expect anything, then we couldn't be disappointed, right? Uh, you know, that's all right, I don't want nothing anyway. If you lived life that way, you would never be disappointed. Again, if you were never expecting anything, you can never be disappointed. But I just put here, and the amazing thing is this, you know, the level of a person's joy is determined by their level of expectation. The level of your joy is determined by your level of expectation. When you begin to expect things in life, joy begins to enter into you. Joy of something possibly better. And that's why you can't let go of expectation. Joyful expectation is really hope, and without hope, you begin to die. Joyful expectation is our life support, and that's why many people are existing and they're not living, because they have no expectation. They're just getting through life, you know, whatever. And I put here, see, the two main culprits for disappointment in life are people and circumstances. <laughs> when people don't turn out to be the person that they claim to be, you'll be disappointed by them. And circumstances are constantly changing, and that's why they can often disappoint you. So those are the two culprits, people and circumstances but you can never get away from either one. So again, there's always gonna be the door open for the possibility of being disappointed. But that's why you gotta learn what to do when you experience disappointments. Because you can't live life without any expectations. You gotta have expectation. You gotta look for things to get better. And so I put here, when you find yourself experiencing discouragement, it's vital that you protect your heart from the poison of that discouragement. 
Proverbs 4.23 says, keep, guard, or protect your heart with all diligence, for out of it flow the issues of life. You got to protect your heart. Proverbs 15.13, it says, a glad heart makes a cheerful countenance, but by sorrow of heart, the spirit is broken. And in Proverbs 15.15, it says, all the days of the desponding are those that are unhappy, having lost confidence and being of low spirits. They are afflicted, and those that are in pain and suffering, oh my God. They're made, it's made evil by anxious thoughts and forebodings. And what that means is those that are in fear that something bad will happen. But he who has a glad heart has a continual feast. How beautiful that is. In Proverbs 17, 22, it says, A merry heart doeth good like medicine. But a broken spirit dries the bones. In Proverbs 18, 14, it says, The spirit of a man will sustain his infirmity, but a wounded spirit who can bear it. See, these scriptures tell the story of what can happen if you don't guard and protect your heart from the spirit of discouragement. As I've said before, your mind has a direct link to your heart. So whatever you think on in abundance will begin to seep into your heart. If it gets into your heart, it will begin to come out of your mouth. Because out of the abundance of the heart, your mouth will speak. So that's why you got to protect your heart. Because if you allow discouragement to overwhelm your mind, it'll begin to get into your heart. And then you'll be poisoned by it. And you'll live a discouraged life. Then it'll begin to come out of your mouth. And power is released when it starts to come out of your mouth. So I put here, see, the best thing you can do when you're discouraged is to keep your mouth shut. <laughs> Why? Because when you're discouraged, you'll begin to speak trash out of your mouth. And in Proverbs 18.21, it says, death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it will eat the fruit thereof. In the Good News Translation 20 and 21, it says, you will have to live with the consequences of everything you say. What you say can preserve life or destroy it, so you must accept the consequences of your words. You must never forget that death and life are in the power of your tongue. The reason the devil wants to discourage you is because he realizes that he does not have power to curse you himself. He realizes that the only way to stop you is to get you to stop yourself. He begins with discouraging you because he wants you to curse your future with your mouth. For example, when the heirs of your lives got discouraged, they began to speak out against God and against Moses. And they began to say, why have you brought us out of Egypt to die in this wilderness? If you know the story, you know that even though God intended to bring them into the promised land, their words hindered the promise of God from fulfilling in their lives. And they eventually had exactly what they were saying. And God told them, you've been saying it. You've been saying it. It took a little while, but after a while, God, God he said, you've been saying, you, why did I bring you out here to die in this wilderness? Now you're going to die in this wilderness. Eventually, you keep talking trash out of your mouth, you're going to have to eat it. You're going to have to live with it. And see, that's why the devil wants to discourage you in your mind so it can get into your heart and then it can come out of your mouth. It's all a process. He's working it. And that's why the discouragement, again, is Satan's special tool. Wear you out. Wear your mind out. So they can get you to think on it constantly. 
You think on it constantly, it's going to get into your heart and poison your heart. And then all of that stuff is going to start pouring out of your mouth. And you're going to start to create the world that you live in through the power of your tongue. Keep talking trash. You'll be, you'll be, you'll be eating that trash. And then I put here, you must never ever make major decisions when you're discouraged. When you're discouraged, you never see things as they are. You see things as you are. When you're discouraged, you're bound to make a poor decision because you're not seeing things clearly. It's like looking at life through a dirty glass or foggy lenses. Life looks blurry and marred. Your feelings have distorted the way you see life. You're not seeing things clear enough to make a wise decision, especially about a major decision. Make sure that you get into the presence of God and get direction before you make that decision. You'll always make a poor decision if you're, if you're, when you're discouraged, man, you start thinking about, you start getting crazy thoughts. And then when I start getting discouraged, man, I start thinking about all kinds of stuff. And I push that thing off of me and not make a decision at that time. So I tell people, number one, you never make a decision when you're angry. Definitely never make a decision when you're discouraged. Because those are the two times you'll make a poor decision in life. Let that subside. Get that thing off of you before you make a major decision. And now, all right, since we're done with that, now I've kind of laid a little foundation here. I got to get ready to close in a minute. But I am going to introduce this concept. And... Um, I'll end it with this, you know, the disappointment and discouragement is only the beginning of the process. If you don't overcome and deal with disappointment and the feeling of discouragement, it will go deeper and eventually lead to depression and then to despair, which is a complete loss or absence of hope. When hope is gone, the will to live will also go. That's why it's so important to get this stuff off of you. Now, really quick, I'm just going to say, I'm going to give you number one, and I'm going to close. How do you begin to overcome this spirit of discouragement? So I put here, remember that discouragement is an onslaught and an attack against your mind. And if you're going to overcome it, you have to fight it off. But since this is a spiritual fight, you have to use spiritual weapons. So when you find yourself discouraged, there are some ways that you can use to fight this off. Number one, when you're discouraged, you got to learn how to encourage yourself. You have to learn how to encourage yourself. In 1 Samuel 30, 1 through 6, it says, And it came to pass when David and his men were come to Ziklag on the third day, that the Amalekites had invaded the south and Ziklag and smitten Ziklag and burned it with fire and had taken the women captives that were therein. They slew not any, either great or small, but carried them away and went on their way. So David and his men came to the city, and behold, it was burnt with fire, and their wives and their sons and their daughters were taken captive. Then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. And it said, and David's two wives were taken captive, Ahinahim, the Jezreelitess, and Abigail, the wife of Nabal, the Carmelite. And the Bible says, and David was greatly distressed for the people spoke of stoning him because of the soul of all the people was grieved 
every man for his son, sons and for his daughters. It said, but David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. So I put here, you know, when David experienced the greatest disappointment in his life and was most discouraged, the Bible says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. No doubt he thought about the fact that God had anointed him king and he wasn't king yet. So he knew that he wasn't going to die because there were unfulfilled promises that the Lord had left him. He knew he wasn't going out like that. But these are some ways that you can begin to encourage yourself when you begin to go through disappointments. Number one, of course, remembering the promises that God has made you. Thinking about those promises, thinking about what God has said in his word. What he said is gonna, he's going to do that has not been done yet. Those things can be a source of encouragement for you. And that's why I always say, so you, have to, you have to store up the scriptures for the day you're going to need them. That's why I say reading the word of God is so important. Because when you're discouraged and you begin to think on those scriptures, they'll begin to give you peace. But if they're not in you, they can't, they can't, they can't come back to your remembrance. See, the Holy Spirit's job is to bring back to your remembrance. And if you haven't read it, you can't remember it. And when you're discouraged, you don't have time to go looking in no Bible. You better have that stuff. You know, and you got to speak to yourself. And you got to start saying, see, when you go through a, a, a disappointment, that's all right. Because I know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to the called according to his purpose. All things, even this thing. It may not be, it may not be good, but all things work together for the good. All things are not good. <laughs> But all things work together for the good. So I'm all right because I know God, I, I, I know he's going to take care of this situation. He's going to guide me through it. Encourage yourself. In the, encourage yourself. And then, you know, definitely this. I do this a lot. My wife and I do this. Do something that you like and that's comforting to you. And that can be going out to eat. It could be getting a snack, going to a movie or something like that. Do something that will comfort you. Oftentimes, you know, be like, you know, if something goes down, you know, my wife and I would just be like, well, let's just celebrate. Let's just get some food that we like and let's just celebrate. Had a discouraging moment the other day, man. I, I went, I got me a chunky. <laughs> I love chunkies, man. I got a big one too like that. <laughs> And I just said, I'm just going to eat this chunky. And as I was eating that chunky, I was like, what was I upset about? <laughs> it was so good, man. <laughs> I, got, I bought two. <laughs> but do something that, that, that comforts you. You know, do something that you enjoy. Don't wallow around in something you can't handle, you can't control. You know, if a situation goes down and you can't control, do something that, that brings you joy. Like I'm about to get me a fat, juicy cheeseburger. I bite it and stuff start running all over the place. <laughs> do something, you know. I give me some butter pecan ice cream or something like that. I put that thing in my mouth. Be like, what happened? I don't even I don't even remember what I was mad about. This is so good I don't even remember anymore. You got some fish? There you go, man. Whatever brings you comfort. 
Ain't nothing like it, man. Do a little something that make you feel good. Bring your spirits back up. You know, learn. T- Again, you got to learn how to encourage yourself. Don't lay there in it. Encourage yourself. And that's why I say don't wait until, you, well, when I, when I get that, I'm going to celebrate. No, I'm going to celebrate right now. I'm not going to wait till I get it. I'm going to celebrate right now. And then if I, and then if I get a disappointing situation, I'm going to celebrate even harder. Because I need it more. I don't need to celebrate when I get it because I'm already celebrating. I'm already happy. <laughs> I need to celebrate when I go through a challenging time. Because I'm not happy right now. I need to make myself happy. Encourage yourself in the Lord. Encourage yourself. What do you like to do? Find out what you like and then do it. That's why people have no joy because they don't, you know, years ago, I went to, uh, I learned the secret, you know. I was in Paris and, um, you know, we were sitting, we were just coming out this, this shop that had all these awesome pastries, you know. And we looked up and this couple came out on their balcony and they, were, they had a plate of cheese and they had, you know, they had their wine, you know. And they were sitting outside. They were older, you know, sitting outside and they were just doing their thing and it just was, it was such a beautiful day and they were just enjoying the day. I said, man, look at, look at that. I said, these people, man, they know how to enjoy life, man. You know, they, they, they feast, man. I mean, when they, when they finish working, when, when work is over, they go to these shops, man. They be sitting out there with their coffee, man. They got their berets on. They got bread that long. They just like chilling out. <laughs> I mean, you know, they're not like cooped up in some house somewhere, you know. But if you like being in the house, then that's fine. But whatever you, but, but do something you enjoy. You got to learn how to encourage yourself. And then I put, you know, get some rest. Get some rest. I never think well when I'm not rested. You know, oftentimes I got to sleep on it. Just like, all right, I'm not even going to think about this thing right now. I'm just going to get some rest. And I get up the next day and I start my routine. And my routine consists of I get, I get, I get into my scriptures and then I begin to pray get into the presence of God. When I do that, the thing that was plaguing me the night before, God gives me an answer of peace. See, I could have allowed myself to be plagued by it all night. I'm going to bed, man. You know, Bible says that he that watches over Israel, he neither slumbers nor sleeps. I said, if he's going to be all night, ain't, ain't no need for both of us to be up all night. I'm going to sleep. I go to sleep, man, get up in the morning refreshed, ready to go again. I said, okay, let me get into these scriptures. Let me get into God's presence. I had this situation, man. You know, my wife asked me, what are you going to do? I said, I don't know. <laughs> so, night before, I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I was like, I'm not even going to think about it right now. I don't, I don't even know. I mean, and, and uh, as I was trying to think about it in my mind, I couldn't figure it out. I'm like, I, I just, I, I don't know. I don't know what to do. I came in, I got what night I got me the chunky. <laughs> I ate that chunky. And I was watching TV, chilling out, you know. I think I was watching Sachi's Kitchen or something like that. 
this Japanese cooking show. I'm watching them make those sushi rolls. <laughs> I was eating my chunky, and then I fell asleep, you know. I got up in the morning, I studied the scriptures, you know. I still didn't know what to do. <laughs> I'm studying the scriptures, man, and my mind is like, I'm like, I don't know what to do. I, st- I mean, I tell you, man, I, st- I finished reading the scriptures. I start praying. I said, God, I said, I don't know about this, what to do with this situation. I said, but you said in your word that if I lack wisdom, that I should ask it of God because you give to all men liberally in your brain. And I said, I don't have wisdom over this situation. I need wisdom like that. I mean, like that. God gives me what to do. Like, just like that. And, you know, my wife's in the other room praying. And I said, God just told me to do this. You know, so she says, I agree. I was like, all right, we're good to go. (laughs) And I mean, the peace that came over me as a result of that. Because the thing was weighing me down. I just didn't even know what to do. I said, you know what? I'm not going to think about this no more because I don't know what to do. I said, I got to get into the presence of God. I'm not, I I said, I don't know what to do. God's going to have to tell me what to do because I don't know. But see, I'm trying to teach you what I do. When, 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 when the spirit, when those, that spirit of discouragement tries to jump on me. Because I'm not Superman that, that, that don't get attacked. Even Superman had kryptonite. <laughs> Even he has some weaknesses. But it's like, when I get discouraged, I'm like, all right. See, I, I, I know what to do now. And see, you need to learn what to do. I said, okay, this is not, it's not good. I don't know what to do. So I'm not going to think about it. I don't want to talk about it because I don't know what to do. So I'm just going to, I'm going to do something I enjoy. I'm going to put this thing off of me. I'm not going to let this thing overwhelm me. And then when I get into the presence of God tomorrow, I know he's going to speak to me. So remember God's promises. Do something that you like that's comforting to you. Get some rest. And then definitely get into the presence of God. And I'll say this and I'm going to close. You can go up there and start playing. In Psalm 16, 7 through 11, it says, I will bless the Lord who has counseled me. I love that. Indeed, my heart instructs me in the night. I have set the Lord continually before me because he has at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad and my glory rejoices. My body, too, will dwell in safety, for you will not abandon me. Nor will you allow your Holy One to undergo decay. You will show me the path of life. Here it is. In your presence is fullness of joy. In your right hand, there are pleasures forevermore. I love it. As put here, if you find yourself discouraged, That just means that you've lost your joy. The best way to get it back is to get in the presence of God. Because in his presence, there's fullness of joy. And if you can tap into his presence when you're going through, he can give you joy and he can get you through every rough time. If you don't have joy right now, if you're discouraged, then it is simply because you've lost joy. And in his presence, you'll find it. 
Just get into the presence of God. See, if you, you can't come out of the presence of God and not have joy. If you finish praying, you say, well, I don't have joy, then you've you didn't tap into his presence. You prayed, you said some words, but just because you say some words don't mean that you've entered into his presence. And because if you get into the presence, if you get into his presence, depression cannot exist in the presence of God. Discouragement cannot last in his presence. It can't stay there with God. It has to go. Whatever you are feeling got to go when you get into the presence of God. So that's why it's so important to learn how to tap in and get into his presence. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. I get into the presence of God, man, I just feel like things start lifting off of me. Because it can't stay there. And then he can speak to me. Because oftentimes, you can't hear because the voice of discouragement is too loud. And that's why you got to get into the presence of God so he can get that stuff off of you so you can hear. Because at one time, I'll never forget it. I was walking up the stairs. I was walk, working at this place. I was walking up the stairs. I said, God, I'm starting to hear your voice more clearly. He said to me, I'm always talking, but who's listening? He'll speak. But if you're listening to everything else, you'll never hear him. Because the voice of God, the Bible says, is still and small. But the voice of doubt, worry, fear, and unbelief is very loud and deafening. And if you're going to hear from God, you got to get that stuff off of you. That's why I said lay aside every weight. And the sin that so easily and cleverly attaches itself to you. If you get rid of the stuff, you can hear from God. I'm going to close right there. Just lift your hands to Jesus. We're going to close. I'm going to pick up on this next week. Finish it off. I'm going to give you some other ways how to push off the spirit of discouragement. But Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we just thank you for speaking to us today. I thank you, Father, for giving your people insight into the spirit of discouragement so they know exactly what it is that's attacking them and plaguing them and assaulting their minds. And I pray, Father, in Jesus' name, that you will give us the grace to lay aside every weight, get the weights off, the weights of the past, the weights of failures, unforgiveness, hurts, anything, discouragement, anything that's, that's sticking to us and the sin. Grant us the grace to get it all off of us so that we can run this race that you have set before us without any encumbrances, without any weights hanging on to us. And let us get to our destination and to our finish line. Don't let us wallow around in self-pity and discouragement, but grant us the grace to cast those things off of us. Get into your presence where there's fullness of joy so that you could begin to speak to us clearly and we could do those things that you have spoken to us to do and get to our destination safely and faster than if we allowed these weights to 
hold us down. And Father, we just want to thank you for it. We bless you, God. We give you praise, glory. We give you honor. In Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen, amen. Come on, just give God a praise for his word today. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Father. Thank you for your word. Thank you for your word. You know, I really sensed that. I felt like people were battling with being discouraged, you know. And it's going to come. Those things, it happens. But you need to learn what to do when it happens. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. You know, you'll be disappointed in life. You'll be discouraged, you know. You'll, you'll, you'll feel a spirit of discouragement. But you need to learn, learn what to do when it happens. How do you get past it? How do you get over it? How do you get that off of you? Because it will try to overwhelm you and overcome you and weigh you down and stop you from making progress in life. And God wants you to get to your destination. Amen? All right.